Well, hello, hello. We're on episode five and we're talking about the right tool for the job, right? That's right. That's right. Everything that you need in your kitchen that you should have, could have, um, that's going to make your life a lot easier in cooking and just in simple kitchen management. This is Kay Spears, nutritionist. I'm nutritious. Chef Andrew Delicious. (laughs) All right. So the right tool for the job, we've got lots to talk about. And my clients are always asking, well, what do I need? What kind of pots and pans? What kind of measuring devices? How can you make this easier? I actually have a resetting your metabolism program where you need a scale to measure things. And so we're going to Dig deep into all this, and you take it away, Chef Andrew. All right. So, yeah, we're going to dig a little deeper. We're also going to give you the bare bones of what you need in your kitchen. Now, you can go to uh, Sir Latab. You can go to Williams-Sonoma and buy one of everything. Uh, and then you'll probably have the right tool for the job, at least you know most of the time. But I will uh, break it down for you what you really need to have in your kitchen to just be a successful home cook. All right, we're going to start with the most important thing, knives. Knives everybody talks about. There's... Wow, hundreds of different kinds of knives, brands of knives, types of knives. I will tell you, you need three knives. I got my first one last Christmas. Last Christmas, that's right. Did I get one of the three? Yes, you did. You you have a six-inch Japanese vegetable knife. Oh, yeah. Something that's very durable, very sharp, uh, and rarely goes dull. So with that, we're talking about a six-inch Japanese vegetable knife or even a paring knife. Something to handle just the small cuts, the small pieces of fruit. Cutting strawberries, things like that. Uh, the second one is going to be a nine-inch chef's knife, and this knife is going to be for chopping, cutting larger things, larger vegetables, uh, dicing potatoes, things like that. And then finally, your third knife is going to be a serrated knife. Now, this is a knife that's got teeth on it, sometimes referred to as a bread knife, but it's also handy when you're trying to cut things like tomatoes or things with a tough skin. Uh, and when it comes to quality and brand names. All I can say, folks, is do your research and get a good knife. Uh, they do sell knives at the dollar store. I will tell you they're worth about a dollar. Uh, after about two uses, they'll be dull as all get out. And something that, that any chef or any person who uses knives will tell you is that a dull knife can be one of the most dangerous things in the kitchen. Yes. Uh, dull knife, it's still sharp. It's a knife. Uh, but having to force your way through a product with a dull knife, it slips. Now it's in your hand, and that's just not good. So good quality steel, um, Japanese, German. Uh, there's some American products out there that are just go to your local butcher shop and and ask them. They'll steer you in the right direction. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's way out of my territory. That's all you, chef. And so, um, so what are we talking about next? Well, so. So we have our knives. We're all ready to go. Now we need something to cut that on. That could be dangerous. Yeah, right? So now, <laughs> so now we're talking cutting boards. And what I recommend for people is to have three different size cutting boards. Have a small one, again, for your little pieces of fruit that's easy to wash in the sink. Have a medium size for, say, vegetables and whatnot. And then have your larger cutting board for cooked items and slicing steaks. And uh, we, we, Kay and I actually prefer um, uh, plastic uh, and I know that, that sounds where we're kind of against plastic everywhere else we go. But here's our, our our argument of plastic versus wood. It also depends on the wood. If you have a nice, big, huge wooden butcher block, 
uh, cutting board that's been nice and sealed and high quality, then you're in the right direction. Well, that's what I was going to say. So the, the main thing about cutting boards, and this is, again, you, is, is kind of the bacteria, right? Yes. Yeah. And so if you're going to have a cheap wood cutting board, then it's going to bow. It's going to, all the pores are going to open. All the bacteria is going to get into the cutting board. Yeah. And that's not what you want. No. Something uh, on the plastic side is that it's easily sterilized. Um, it's not going to get into it. They're more disposable. They're less expensive. If you just wanted to use them, say for a month, change them out. Uh, you can go so far as to have them scraped. What about the marble ones? Or is that like, I know they use those for cheese boards and stuff. Yes. I mean, if, if you're looking to dull your sharpened knife, uh, oh. then the marble and stainless steel is a way to go. Now Kay's right. When it comes to two things like, um, cheese and, uh, hors d'oeuvres and things like that, uh, spreads. Then, of course, you can have it uh, on uh, porcelain or ceramic or enamel. But, but outside of that, like I said, either a good, high-quality wood cutting board that's uh, properly sealed, or a uh, a good quality plastic cutting board. Okay. So we're not we're not talking about the paper thin plastic. We're no, talking no. no. Nothing where because you know how I feel about plastic. Yep. We don't want chemicals and and all that getting into our food but we definitely want to be safe when we're cooking and it's definitely easier to sanitize plastic than it is wood yeah and so if you're making like a, a protein dish and a salad um you know what would you do how would you do that in what order to not contaminate well this this, this is where having um if you'll see in a lot of restaurants and maybe even they sell them in retail now you have different colored cutting boards you have red cutting boards you have blue cutting boards green yellow uh, you have red for meats, blue for seafood, green for vegetables, yellow for uh, non-cooked items. Uh, and so that's why I say make sure you have plenty of cutting boards because the one thing you never want to do is cut a raw protein and then put a raw vegetable right on top of that. Right, right. So, so it's keep just, it separate or clean it afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. It's just much easier to, to have your own separate set of colored cutting boards. Okay, so... Now let's get into pots and pans. This is my big one. You know, I do work with a lot of people that have, you know, health issues and cancer and all kinds of stuff. And so there is the proper pots and pans to get that, you know, they're more expensive, but once you buy them, they last a long time and they're not going to leach toxic metals and all kinds of stuff into our system. You know, the Teflon ones are definitely not my favorite, but what do you do when you, um, when you want to make an egg or something and you can't use Teflon, I know you have uh, a list of different pots and pans to use for different things. I do. And I have, I have really kind of uh, two brands that I like. Um, and now these aren't just, I'm not getting paid to promote here, but just success successfully. Um, well, I take that three brands. First thing, I'm a big fan of cast iron. Cast iron is great for most everything. The thing about cast iron uh, though, is it has to be taken care of properly. When you're done cooking, it doesn't get soap. It doesn't get water. It gets wiped out with a paper towel or a cloth towel. Um, because what's happened is that all the pores of the cast iron are open now. And so they're able to breathe, which is why if you don't rub your cast iron down with some type of fat, uh, oil or spray, uh, before you're putting it away, the next time you pull it out, it'll be nice and rusty for you. Hmm. Um, but as far as what Kay's talking about, 
uh, Teflon nonstick is not the way to go. It's toxic. It's I think you can get them at Ikea for like 79 cents a saute pan. So that doesn't mean that you should buy as many as you can. <laughs> uh, what I like is I like ceramic. And um, if you don't know what I mean, if you've ever seen a Le Creuset set, Mm-hmm. It's got a small saute pan. It's got a one-quart sauce pot. It's got a, a three-quart sauce pot. Plus, it's got a Dutch oven. There's a set that they make. It's uh, it'll probably a little under, I would say, $200. And, and it's got every piece that you need. Okay. Uh, so how would you, going back to the egg, could you make an egg in one of those? Absolutely. And here's the thing is... You know, when it comes to things like eggs and people go straight for Teflon because it's nonstick. Mm-hmm. Well, anything can be nonstick if you give it enough fat. So mm-hmm. whether it's a tablespoon of butter or a tablespoon of olive oil or even a little bit of bacon grease. Um, but not margarine. And we're going to talk about that in our next show. Right? God, no. <laughs> okay. So um, there's also some other ones by some companies, some brands that you could probably order online, right? So there's... Yeah, so I'm sorry, real quick. So there's a stainless steel set that's actually very good quality, Calphalon, um, that a lot of people use. Uh, Cuisinart actually has a, a good line. You'll see a lot of stuff that uh, you're sometimes you're paying for brand names, say the people that you see on TV. Their stuff is pretty good because if it's not, then they wouldn't be putting their name on it. But you're usually paying an extra 25% just for the name. Right. You can find something comparable. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, but to answer your question, yeah. So some ones that we usually look at is Willing, Green Pan, Cuisinart I mentioned, Ozeri Green Earth, Green Life, Ecolution, and Extrema. Those are all uh, tested. They're uh, they pass our standards, uh, but they're just they're non toxic. Yeah, and if you wanted a list of these, you know, reach out to us, you guys. It's our, our email is info at kspears.com. I know we're listing quite a bit of information, but we can give you a list of those different pots and pans that you could uh, buy online, or we could tell you where you could get them from at your local stores. Correct. Okay, so now we've covered the basics. we got knives, we got a cutting board, we got things to cook in. Now, right. now okay, actually there's one more essential to go to round out this little cooking thing, and that's your cooking utensils. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we pretty much use uh, just a couple of things. We use uh, rubber spatulas, um, we use wooden spoons, and we use slotted and non-slotted spoons. Right. Um, and the reason why we do this... Um, Rubber spatulas, obviously, to get things from uh, up around the edges of your saute pan so that they don't burn while the rest of your uh, dish is just regularly cooking. Uh, the spoons so that you have things to serve out of your dish. Um, and then uh, wooden spoons. Wooden spoons are my absolute favorite. Mine Ask anybody. And, and the reason for wooden spoons is when you're, when you're sautéing with a metal object, whether you can see it or not, small metal shavings are coming off that spoon into your food. Um, so therefore, wood does not do that. But the most favorite of ours is wood is not a heat conductor. So you can leave it in the pan, come back, grab the handle, and it's not scorching hot. Exactly, yes. Now, wooden spoons along with our wooden cutting boards, if you can find a very good high-quality wooden spoon, that's great. But if they're just mediocre to, to good, change them out every week. I mean, they're, they're, they're less, than, less than $5 a spoon. Throw them away, get new ones, buy them a hundred at a time if you have to. You can get them at Ross and Marshalls and everywhere. So Target, Walmart. So what about the rubber spatulas? Sometimes I don't like um, 
that, you know, you use them a lot in baking and I don't like that taste that you get from them. Well, and this, this goes back to exactly what we're talking about, about knives. Quality and price matters. You can get a spatula at the dollar store, rubber one, but it, if you notice, if you hold it in a saute pan for more than two seconds, it starts to melt. Yeah. So any good quality rubber spatula won't do that. Right. Um, right. So again, it's one of those you get what you pay for. Okay. Um, so, okay. So we, we, we've got our knives, got our cutting board, we've got our pots and pans, and we got our utensils. And, and so let's talk about when we get a recipe. Well, what about measuring? So what's the difference between like the plastic cup ones or when you get the, 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 I mean, there's these different kinds that you can use. Is there a difference for dry versus wet? Great question. And that's exactly where I was going to say. So, you know, now let's say we're going to do to, to, to prepare a recipe before we start cooking. And the first thing you're going to need, you're going to need uh, bowls and you're going to need measuring devices. Okay. So for bowls, we're talking metal and, and glass, stainless steel, or stainless steel and glass and or glass and make sure you have enough sizes. I've seen people try to, to, to make a recipe for bread and something the size of a dog bowl. And I've seen people try to scramble two eggs in the size of a kiddie pool. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> me before you, chef. Yeah. So, <laughs> some, so again, this is talking about the right tool for the job. Make sure you have the, 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 the right bowl. And you're going to use these more than you think. So make sure you have at least, I would say, probably six. Yeah. Um, you could buy a set probably at Costco or something, right? Yeah. And then, then when you're getting into you know your uh, your your measuring devices, I prefer glass for the obvious reasons because sometimes it asks you for a cup of warm water. So you put the water in the uh, in the, the measuring cup and put it in the microwave. But the other thing, when you're using these plastic measuring devices, um, I know they look all nice and cool and everything, but probably by the third time you end up washing it, all your quarter cup, half cup markers there disappear. have disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I, so I always recommend metal measuring cups, metal measuring spoons that are etched mm -hmm. because you can't wash that off. Okay. So the glass one, is that for like your liquids and stuff? And then you use the metal, the, the stainless steel or metal for your like flour and, and, and your dry goods. goods. Okay. Yes. But I will tell you that there is a quote that, um, uh, cliche that goes around most kitchens. It's that a pint is a pound the world around, which means 16 ounces equals 16 ounces. So 16 ounces of water by volume should equal 16 ounces of water by weight. Now, okay. this is not true for most things, but as a general rule of thumb, you can pretty much get by with it, except in baking. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I haven't <laughs> heard that before. Okay. So what do we have next? Where well, so, we so, we're, so we're, so we're doing our, our, our recipes and, and now we're going to talk machines for a minute. This is something that your favorite. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the right gadget, the right tool, the right machine may, will make your life just so much easier from the proper blender. Uh, I, something that is not the bottom of the line blender because it means it has a very weak motor and it usually uh, heats up quicker and it usually has a plastic uh, uh, container as okay. opposed to a glass container. Okay. Uh, make sure you have one that has a powerful enough motor to pretty much puree any soup or sauce that you're going to put into it. Uh, there's also things like hand blenders that are very good. Uh, when it comes to, to like chopping and grinding, I really recommend having a mini and a large food processor. Like a Cuisinart? Yes, yes. Okay. And, and so you can then go even smaller and go down to, say, the Magic Bullet. 
I like those because then you can use them for your shakes and you can just make a personalized shake and use your bullet. And it's, if you don't have a big family, they're easier to clean. You can use smaller portion sizes for exactly. your recipes. And those are very inexpensive at Target and Walmart so or even online. So I like the, the bullet. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, another one, another, I guess you could say a device or a machine. Um a, a hand mixer or say a KitchenAid uh, stand mixer are mm -hmm. always, uh, you know, I sometimes I prefer a hand mixer because I just need to do something real quick. And I don't feel like washing the entire setup. Yeah. Um, but something else that um, people will, you don't have, you don't use it until you have it. And that's either a crock pot or a, um, Love or a slow cooker. A, yes. um, Is that the big, the new pots they have out now? They're called the, um, they were kind of the big Christmas gift. Everybody was getting them. The anyway, it's like a crock pot. Yes, yes, and it's got multiple settings and multiple timers, and yeah, and it's just it's. I mean, you know me when it comes to my uh, my pressure cooker. Um, I still use the one that my grandmother used back in the forties. I know that thing scares me. <laughs> I know, but it, it, there's no buttons. There's it's got one one use. You're either doing it right or doing it wrong. <laughs> So, but anyway, slow cook foods, things that you can put in um, machines like this, turn them on. And like, was it Ron Popeil used to say, set it and forget it? Yeah. Uh, before you, I used to kind of make two or three things in different crock pots and leave on Sunday and come home. And then I have my food for the week done. And we're actually going to be talking about that on one of our next podcasts or videos. So those are great to have. So a lot of times people have their crock pots that's stored in the pantry somewhere Pull it out, take the dust off of it, clean it up, and use it, right? Yes. There's so many things you can do with that. Exactly. And a couple other, just a couple other real quick. So a couple other just utensils to have that, like I said, you don't think you need them until you need them. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is a, a, a fine mesh strainer, stainless steel. Uh, yeah. They come in three sizes. I recommend all three sizes from the small one uh, for uh, say a cup all the way up to a large one for a saute pan. If you're going to strain sauces, if you're going to say strain some ingredients out of a broth, uh, it's just, like I said, you don't need it till you need it. Uh, something else is, is, a, is a, a peeler, asparagus peelers. Now, if you don't know the difference between an asparagus peeler and a potato peeler, they're both the same folks, except the asparagus peeler is turned horizontally, whereas the potato peeler is turned vertically. Uh, asparagus peelers are all the rage now, but I will tell you, that you get what you pay for. You don't need to pay $20 for one, but I'll tell you that the one at the dollar store does not peel. Uh, something else, uh, one more thing is a box grater. Now, a lot of people have microplanes and zesters in their kitchens now, but just a plain, simple, old-fashioned box grater, something that when it tells you to use grated garlic or grated nutmeg or grated something rather. You can use it for cheese and everything. Exactly. It's got okay. four sides and usually has seven different apparatuses. That That's the one. Thing? Okay. So what is that called? Again? A box grater. A box grater. Okay. Right. I, I never knew that. Yeah. So we promote a lot of, uh, for our clients, uh, what we call sheet pan dinners. And these yeah. are things that uh, you can put the protein, the vegetables and everything with the kind of the same kind of densities goes in the oven at the same time and all bakes evenly. Now, I'm going to tell you how to make this super easy. Two words, mm -hmm. parchment paper. Uh, so make sure you have plenty of parchment paper to cover the bottom of your, your sheet pan uh, so that when you're done, all of the, uh, say, you know, when you make a meatloaf, you take it out, it's got that nice big crusty ring where all the, the beef fat is, 
has dripped onto the pan that it's cooked on and then burnt on. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, and then it has to soak for an hour. Uh, parchment paper will save your life. Yes. And about an hour of washing dishes. I have learned that since I've been with you. Yes. Um, go ahead. I oh, was I was going to say. About, uh, something else, but go ahead. There's, there's one more item that they're very expensive, but well worth it. And they're French, wee oui, wee. Oui. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called the cell pat. It's a rubber baking mat. And it serves the same purpose as parchment, but it just it, nothing sticks to it. Nice. Uh, so as soon as you, like I said, meatloaf, cookies, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, comes right off, uh, wipe it off with some hot soapy water, and it's all good to go for the next time. Okay, so tell me, what is uh, cheesecloth used for? So cheesecloth a lot of times is used for what we're talking about, the fine mesh strainer. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, if you have the right size and proper fine mesh strainers, you don't really need cheesecloth unless you're honestly making cheese. Okay. Um, and so if you're making your own ricotta or you're trying to make your own mozzarella or you're making your own queso fresco or yogurt cheese, um, then a cheesecloth would be a way to go. Okay. Hence the name cheesecloth. Cheesecloth. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I want to talk real quick about the Pyrex uh, glass containers. Um, you can buy them anywhere, a bunch of different snap containers. I'm not big on storing in plastic, especially if you're going to put something in plastic and then reheat it later. You always want to make sure you get the glass, the Pyrex. They're great to store in. You can get different sizes. And like I said, it's a snap lids and they're easy to wash, easy to clean and easy to use. Well, I was just going to say, speaking of use is why I really like Pyrex is without the lid. They also double as a baking dish. So if you're ah. going to make a hash, if you're going to make a, uh, a casserole, you can cook straight in your storage dish. But also make sure you get um, different sizes. Uh, make sure you get the bigger sizes also because they also come in handy when you're going to do things like uh, hand breading. Mm -hmm. So you have your flour and your egg and your your uh, whatever it is, your cornmeal or your gluten-free breadcrumbs that you're going to you know, do your chicken or your fish in. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen people try to do a chicken breast and something the size, again, that would hold about a cup of water and just flour and breadcrumbs are everywhere. So make sure you have... Uh, Plenty, plenty of different sizes. Okay, awesome. That's all good. Anything else for this segment? Uh, for this segment, not really. I just send all your questions uh, to info at kspears.com. That's I-N-F-O at K-A-Y-S-P-E-A-R-S.com. Uh, there's lots of uh, uh, neat little just things that, that, that we can answer that I'm sure people have questions. Well, you know, I make this and I make that and I have a problem with this and I have a problem with that and there's just... Where there's a will, there's a way. Well, yeah, go to our website, www.kspears.com and Nutritious Meats Delicious. There's a tab on there where we have lots of recipes and lots of different things. Make sure you like and share this information. It is valuable information and it is not costing anyone anything. And so we would like for you to share that. And don't forget, I'm Kay Spears and I'm delicious. And I'm Chef Andrew and I'm delicious. Oh, I'm nutritious. You're delicious. <laughs> oh, she's delicious too, but. I messed that one up. But thank you guys. In our next episode, we will be talking about. The art of, uh, the art of reading labels at the grocery store. All right. Look forward to tuning in with you guys next time. Ciao. What is he chewing at? <laughs>